0: they flee, and she who remains at home will divide the spoil. We're talking about the spoil coming from the enemy. We know we've spoiled the enemy in our homes, in our jobs, you know, with our children, because the enemy will not win. We will win. When you lie down among the sheepfolds, you are like the wings of a dove covered with silver and its pinions with glistening gold. When the Almighty scattered the kings there, so it's just a wonderful verse, and I just wanted to share that, uh, Psalm 68:11. You can look it up in different translations. I just enjoyed that so much. So thank you for that. Lord, I just thank you right now for your wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit. Your goodness is flowing among us. I just want you to just give a wave as if it's a, a little anointing on the person next to you. We just wave our hands over all of our ladies. And we uh, we wave our hands over each other, and we change the atmosphere in homes, in jobs. Oh, look in the beauty shop, in the in the dancing on the ice rink, in the gardening at Sheets gas. <laughs> That's right. You never know who's going to come through the doors. I thank you, Father, because we know that your atmosphere is the greatest and the best atmosphere and now we bless our dear sweet precious jennifer let the anointing amen come on give her a hand amen i thank you for the word of the lord flowing like a mighty river out of her mouth i thank you for the goodness of the lord that brought her all the way from abusive childhood yes, and changed and rearranged and gave her a complete new life, and she gives out and gives out and pours out because of the commission that you've given her, and we bless her with the love and the favor of the Lord. Amen. 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 Now, um, we have three ladies over there. Wave your hands, ladies. Ladies. Wave your hand. All right, at the table. The head table. So, they are visitors invited by Cortina, and so the first shall be last, the last shall be first. So she's going to give them a word. I did. She did, but we wanted on recording.
1: Hallelujah, Holy Spirit! Thank you for letting me remember when I walked by the table. I felt the presence of God. I almost wanted to stop and look back, but I didn't. I kept going. And then when I went into the ladies' room, I heard that God has many surprises for you. I gave them the word, and through the Holy Spirit, I can remember. God has many surprises for you, as well as delay is not denial. There have been prayers that you have stood on, you have believed for, for years and years and years, and God says, be expectant, hey, Micah, of those prayers. And you remember, lady, when a word is given openly, you can grab it too. So I thank God that many people in your families that you have believed for salvation is coming in the name of Jesus Christ. And God loves. I'm, I'm hearing again. Loves to surprise you, and He's going to surprise you. You carry His presence. You carry His power. You carry His prophetic giftings. You walk in the office of a prophetess many, many times. Your declarations that you give in your home to God alone. He said, "Be expectant. He's heard it. It's going to come to pass." Job twenty-two twenty-eight. It is an honor to have you here today. It is an honor from the Lord. And I want all the women at River of Life to honor them as they are deserving of honor. Hallelujah. Amen. Stand to your feet. The anointing, the power. They are leaders. They are, and nobody's told me that, but they carry a mighty, mighty, mighty presence that caught my attention as I was just walking by. Even when you're walking in public places, the Lord says people's lives are being changed. You don't even have to open your mouth because you carry him. Amen. So God bless you. God bless you. While we're up, I want all the women to go to five women, and I want you to say, Merry Christmas. I love you. Come on. Get out of your seats. Or Merry Christmas. I love you. (laughs) 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 hallelujah get those hugs in Get those hugs in! I don't want a woman unhugged in this place today. Come on now, if you see somebody standing there, grab her and hug her. You can do more than five. Nobody just standing around unhugged. That's right. Nobody standing around unhugged. Merry Christmas! <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, you have a minute to wrap it up and get back in your seats. Merry
0: Christmas.
1: I love love you. you. (laughs) Oh, bless this baby's heart. I love you, Angel. You look so pretty. There you go. Wrap it up. Come back to your seats. All right, I'm gonna just start talking and watch women. They'll head to their seats. I'm, I'm gonna start talking. Come on, come on. There we go. There we go. I shouldn't have done it, but I couldn't help myself. Come on, women. Sit your anointed selves down. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, you mighty anointed women of God. Look at your neighbor say, sit down, sit down. <laughs> there you go. There are several theories of how Christmas teas even came about. I can. I was a teacher, so I can keep talking no matter what. And the origin of a Christmas tea. In America, we just think there's always been Christmas teas. There have not always been Christmas teas. They actually started in the United Kingdom, and it was said it was to combat the cold weather. And people would get together and have hot tea. They would put cinnamon and ginger and orange peels, and of course, sometimes it wasn't just cinnamon, ginger, and orange peels. (laughs) They would put liquor. This is unsaved. Can I get a witness? That's unsaved. We're Christians. We don't need to be no sipping saints. Come on now. I was delivered from alcohol over 30 years. I haven't missed it a day since I've been delivered. Hallelujah. But these massive Christmas parties, tea parties, started. And then in the 1830s, every Christmas Eve, they would have a Christmas tea and because of putting in the tea what should not have been put in the tea, they started doing speeches and sermons. The wives would go to the ministers and they would say, please help us stop our husbands from all this drinking in the name of a Christmas tea. So the Christmas tea began. And in 1834... There was the, a large gathering of 1,200 people showed up at Preston Cloth Hall. And from then on, it came to the United States of America. This started in the 1800s. So it's wonderful to be here today with you, with my family. You are my family. You know Jesus, then you are my sister. Jesus said, who are those that are my family? When they said, your mother and brothers are outside, you need to bring them in. And he stopped and he said, those that do the will of my father are my family. He leveled the playing field right there. No favorites in the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus, you are family. So today you're at a big gathering of family. And we are so excited that you're here. I say we like I, I belong to River of Life. But I, I always feel like I am coming home when I come to River of Life. Amen. Speak it, speak it. And I, you know I'm going to honor. I'm, I'm trained that way. So I'm going to honor our shepherdess, our visionary, our leader of river of life, the strongest woman I know, pastor, I know we love you and we thank God. That the vision you and Pastor Dave brought to Raleigh is still in you. You're the leader. You are God's girl for this moment. Till eternity. Amen. So I thank God. I'm all about girl power. So I love me some women preachers. You know what I'm talking about. Especially highly anointed women preachers. So we love you so much, Pastor Aina. I'm one of your spiritual daughters. I'm probably your wildest spiritual daughter, but I can't help it. I'm excited for the word that the Lord has sent me with. This is going to be a Christmas devotional. i try not to preach too hard. It's a Christmas tea, but I can't help myself sometimes. You know how it is. I've had the great honor of being in um, Connecticut a couple of weeks ago and preaching in a huge prison with 850 women. Hundreds of women came to Jesus Christ. Hundreds. And I'll tell you a little story before I get into um, the sermon. Rebecca's been with me um, many times into jails and prisons, And after we spent time in this prison, and it was a maximum security, there was no doubt you had pulled up to a high-level prison by the guards and what we had to go through to get in there. And I knew that God had a special, special day planned. And I thought I would be doing three services. Well, I ended up doing four services. Had a ten-minute break in the midst of four services And the last service was, there's just a building and a building and a building. So word went out over that huge campus. And the last service was standing room only. And the women were coming down the sidewalk. Rebecca told me this when we got in the car. She said, Mom, I've never been scared in a prison till today. She said, those last group of women... Looked like some of the hardest criminals that the world would call them that. She said, I call them my sister. She said, but it was really scary. I said, well, I didn't see it. She said, I know. She said, Mom, you become a different person behind those bars. You're just so focused. And she said, I've never seen women look that hard. And she said, as they were coming in and coming in, you were talking with the chaplain, and I saw the toughest-looking woman I've ever seen. She said it's like Al, is it, who is the big? Al Capone had walked into place, and she said everybody knew it too. And she said she even walked over to another girl went like that, and the girl jumped, and she said she wore her power. Now, I didn't see all that because I was thinking, okay, God, there's a special anointing that's just hit. I've got to get ready. We're seeing hundreds of women coming to Christ today. And she said, then another woman walked in. I knew she was a witch. She was covered in witchcraft tattoos. And she said, and they went over and said, listen, we're here today because we've heard about what's going on and we're going to see what she has to say today. I mean, it was harsh. And then she said, they looked at you with such hate. She said, you didn't see that. I said, no, I didn't see that. <laughs> she said, you're in Jennifer land. I'm sure it's a great place to be. I said, yeah, God keeps me in Jennifer land. When I gave the gospel at the end of that service, Rebecca said, I looked. She said, those women that were so hardened, she said, they stood up with tears coming down their faces. They accepted Jesus Christ. And she said, Mama, I've never seen a transformation. The softness that hit them. She said, I finally have seen what you're talking about, how when God invades your body, it changes everything about you. Those women came unglued. The chaplain has contacted us. Women that would never even consider themselves to be a part of any religion. They are coming by the droves. They are saying, we want to be a Protestant in this prison now. We are, they're going out. They're telling other women about Jesus. Women are coming forth. A revival has hit this prison. It is the time when God is giving his women miracles. And it is amazing to see that happen. And it all started through one woman. And her name was Mary. Mary was a word carrier. John 1.14 said, The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So she carried within her very virgin womb the Son of God. Word carrier. She carried the word for nine months. That's why I get tickled at people that say, I don't believe in women preachers. Well, you're a little bit too late, honey, because Mary carried that word nine months. And I'm going to carry that word to my last breath. Because we are word carriers. Look at your neighbor and say, be a word carrier. When the Holy Spirit titles a sermon and the title of this Christmas message is, you are a word carrier see those women at that prison had a touch of the Holy Ghost gave their lives to Christ and they had to go tell somebody and when you know Jesus and he touches your life you got to go tell somebody you become a word carrier and the definition of word is God's word We as women need to be saturated with his word. And when you put this word in your spirit, I promise you it's going to come up out of your mouth. And you are going to be changed. A carrier, something we women were birthed to be, is a person that delivers something. We know how to carry children. We know how to carry good news. We know how to carry love to a hurting world. We know how to carry hope in the midst of hopelessness. We know how to carry a prophetic word when God tells us to give a prophetic word. We know how to carry love to those that aren't loved. We are carriers of God's word. I'm just going to be led of the Holy Ghost. I'm sure that's fine here at River of Life. When you come home, you can be free. The third, the extra service to my day in that big prison, and the chaplain, this chaplain, was spirit-filled. I'm up there preaching, and I look back, she's speaking in tongues. <laughs> she had been praying 10 years for a revival to break out, and she actually retires in February. She said, I can leave knowing that God has touched York Correctional. So she said, Jennifer... Um, she didn't tell me this when the, in the, the many emails that she sent back and forth to Rebecca lining everything up. And she said, "We, I've got another service planned. And she said, just come on. I said, okay. And I'm walking across this huge prison. And she said, you are going to meet the bad girls at this prison. I said, well, praise the Lord. You know, I'm like, hallelujah to the Lamb. And she said, these girls are in the hole. I don't know if y'all know what the hole is in prison, but they in the hole, and they in the hole for three months. And she said, but here's why I'm taking you. She said, history's been made at York Correctional. She said, usually women in the hole for three months, which means they're in isolation. You go downstairs to where they house these women. She said, these women are notorious. They have to be let out an hour a day. Fighting, and there's a lot of guards that have to be there. She said, But these women, I felt led to give them your Bible study finally free and your book finally free. And she said, For the first time in the history of York Correctional, they are doing their own Bible study in the hole, and there's not been a fight since the Bible study has begun. She said, so I told them, pray that I can bring Jennifer to see you. Now, I was like, she told me that after. So I'm just going down. And the guards are like, okay, and that we go through some security to get down there. And so when I walk in the room, there are four women. And I just felt exploding with his love. I was a carrier of his love, and I just started talking and led them in a a message that day that just flowed out of me, and these women were so desperate for God's love. They started sharing for the first time in their life, they too were followers of Jesus Christ. They started sharing their testimonies. And let me tell you one thing. If you had their testimonies, you would probably be in the hole too. When they started sharing with me the horrific things of seeing their father kill their brother of seeing their baby children children killed under a couch because the the gang that came against the father's gang just went and shot everybody up, and one of them found her baby brother under a couch trying to hide. That can make you hard. Being raised in foster care, every one of them. Surviving on the streets. But when you a carrier of God's love, And you just show up and say, God, do what you can do and change this situation as only you can change this situation. Those women, one was Muslim. She said, my whole family's Muslim. I know what I may go through, but I'm not going to not be with Jesus. He has changed my life. When you just show up with his word and you just do what he tells you to do, then God will do things you cannot imagine. And He'll start a revival. I believe He's starting revivals all over the place. It's not just the prisons. It's everywhere. He'll start a revival in our hearts that we will just go out and say, God, use me today. Use me in the grocery store. Use me in the bank. Use me for your glory. And most of the time, you don't have to open your mouth. Because when you are carrying His presence, everything's going to change around you when you understand who is on the inside. All of us today that serve Jesus Christ are a carrier of His Word and His love and His mercy. And everybody needs mercy. Here's the truth. We all broke the law. Let's get a grip here. Every one of us has broke, broken the law before. We just didn't get caught. Let's be real. You all broke the law. Don't even act like none of y'all, Mother Teresa, in the house today. Everybody in here has done something wrong. Most importantly, you broke God's law. So the only difference between them and us is they got caught and we didn't. But every woman behind bars I meet, the thousands I have met, say the best thing that ever happened was they got locked up so they could hear the voice of God and give their lives to Jesus Christ. Let us stand to our feet to honor the Word of God. I love reading the Word of God, and I believe that women love hearing the Word of God. I'm going to be reading from Luke 1, verse 26, and I'll just stop when he tells me, okay? This is a Christmas message. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, also has conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, there is nothing impossible. You may be seated. For with God... There is nothing impossible. I have researched Mary very in-depth as I was bringing this message to you today. Theologians believe that Mary was 13 to 14 years of age. They all believe that. When women during this time in history started their periods they found it a need to get married. And there was Mary from the town of Nazareth. And you must understand, Nazareth was the wrong side of the tracks. It was a place where people talked in the funny dialect, very uncultured and very uneducated, where Mary was raised, an ordinary poor young lady that was getting ready to marry Joseph I'm sure the man of her dreams and one day she was just at home and Gabriel an angel showed up and I am sure she was scared but I think about that she was probably thinking about her wedding getting married, starting her life, but the supernatural invaded her life at that moment. And Mary was told that she was going to be the mother of the Son of God. If we think about that, there's actually no way we can put our minds around what he had spoken to her that day. But I love her response. She wasn't questioning him. Gabriel had, in Luke, the first chapter, had gone to see Zacharias, the old priest. She was not questioning him as Zacharias did. Zacharias like, well, how can this be? I'm very old. My wife's very old. He said, it's over for your talking. I'm going to make you mute because that is not belief. But he didn't have to do that to Mary. I bet he was like, thank God. And Mary is such a beautiful example to us that God can take an ordinary woman like you and I. An ordinary woman who may not be in the best place, who doesn't have the best education, surely didn't have any financial means, and she just believed God, and God used her. That is your only pre requisites to be a word carrier believe God and believe his word and he will use you I love looking back as I was thinking last night about just ordinary women like us look across the table say you are an ordinary woman we all ordinary I don't care if first lady Biden walks in here she's ordinary too We all ordinary when you compare ourselves, and I would honor her. She would deserve great honor. But when you compare yourself to the great I am, we all very ordinary. I thought about Rahab, a harlot. There she was, saved the spies. And literally helped the people of God take down Jericho. Rahab, an ordinary woman that just believed the word. Then we have Hannah, a depressed homemaker. She was depressed. That sister was depressed. Penaniah was getting on her nerves. (laughs) A depressed homemaker. Dared to believe God. And had Samuel the prophet. Yes. That's right. Think about that. Can you imagine somebody talking about my grandmother so godly and there's King David. He said, she's godly now, but the sister was a woman of the night at one time. (laughs) Might be where them little lust issues came in for brother David. Who knows how that came through. But think about it. She was a righteous woman, Rahab, a harlot, and married one of the most godly men in all of Israel named Salmon. Now think about that. She just believed God, that he was the maker of heaven and earth. And Esther, a peasant orphan girl who was considered a slave to that big empire, that one day that sister would put royal robes on. And walk through as the queen. See, when you understand who you are, you're gonna have a different walk. Come on now. When you understand who your daddy is, you're not gonna put your head down. You're gonna put your head up and you're gonna put your shoulders back. I call it heavenly swagger. Y'all know that sermon. But when you realize who you are, according to the Word of God in Revelation, you are a priest, you are royalty, your daddy is the king of the universe. You know who you are when you understand. And then we think of Mary, a peasant teenage poor girl that became the mother of the Son of God, the only human on this planet that was there at his birth and his death. There wasn't anyone else. Mary. Mary, a beautiful example of what God wants to do in us. There's four spiritual principles that I feel very led of the Holy Spirit to share with you at this Christmas tea today. The first principle is, and I've already said it a little bit, is God calls ordinary women to be carriers of His Word. You may carry it through art, You may carry it through song. You may carry it through your job in different ways. You may carry it through being a prophet. You may carry it through being a mother and raising up the most godly children. You are carriers of God's word when you know Jesus Christ. And I believe that he is going to be using his women as never before in the season that we're getting ready to enter. He's going to take his girls and he's going to push us to the forefront. Yes, I honor men. Yes, I thank God for my husband. But my husband's not a carrier of the word like his wife. Therefore, he's always pushing me up there. And Big Daddy sends his greetings. I call my husband Big Daddy. And he sends his greetings and his hello and always sends me out with his hands being laid on me to deliver what God is going to call me to deliver. Ordinary women. Through one encounter with God Almighty, you change from ordinary to extraordinary. You stop thinking in the natural, and you start thinking in the supernatural. You stop looking at your situation through natural eyes. You ask God to give you eyes to look at that situation to see what needs to be changed in your life and in your family's life. I believe without a doubt that mothers here today that are believing for their children to come into the kingdom. Who is that? Put your hand up as a point of contact. I believe in the name of Jesus Christ that you're going to see that happen as you understand that your words carry power in the name of Jesus Christ and you're going to see your children come into the kingdom, serve God, walk in their destiny and you have Psalm 112 verse 2 on that that says your seed shall be great and mighty on this earth they are neither great nor mighty if they don't know Jesus Christ your seed I remember when mine were running from God and I walked to many a many of floors decreeing and declaring they would step in their destiny I say to you under the anointing of the living God don't stop walking your floors don't stop decreeing and declaring and when they come into your house do not lecture them love them back into the kingdom fix them their favorite food make sure they know their love show them how much mama loves them and that anointing that is on you will draw them to the king that you serve and the savior that you serve because they're coming into your house you want them in your house you want them under that anointing you want to touch them and lay hands on them you want them to eat your food that you prayed over you want them to lie in that bed that you've anointed with oil when my son was running i had three bed three bibles under his bed i thought you may act like you're not standing on the world but you're going to be laying on it tonight whether you know it or not son because he would say, "If you been anointing my pillow again? I thought, what in the world can I do, God? When he was gone, I would play healing scriptures nonstop. And the Holy Ghost said, open a Bible and put it under that master- mattress. And he's walking with God. His wife is walking with God. And, of course, my baby girl, Rebecca, who used to be up in them clubs. <laughs> I said, you better reel it on down and, br- and dance up into church, honey. She said, what are you talking about? I said, God told me where you were. Cages are made for animals, not women of God. She said, oh, my Lord, have mercy. There was a club in Wilmington. They had a cage, and different girls would get up there and dance. She had her clothes on to God, be the glory. Or I'd be busting up in the club. You know what I'm talking about. But God, I tell you and you don't lecture them, you love on them. I want to get that home. Religion doesn't draw anybody, but love changes everything. When I think about Nazareth and what I told you, how it was uncultured, uneducated, theologians say during this time, there was probably 300 people that even stayed in Bethlehem, in that area, not Bethlehem, but that area. And Nazareth had a reputation of having outcasts and no one, anyone wanted to hang around. And you may say, oh, well, give me that in the word. John 146, when Nathaniel was told by Philip, we have found our Messiah and he is from Nazareth. And Nathanael said, has anything good ever come out of Nazareth? yes. And the Lord ministered to me. We all have our Nazareth where you're saying, how can anything good come out of this? What is your Nazareth? Is it a childhood of abuse? God can use that. God can heal you and deliver you. And you can help other women that are suffering Is it a time of depression? God can heal you and deliver you, and something good can come out of that. Is it a divorce? Is it a rejection? Is it a financial need or a bankruptcy out of nowhere? God can bring something good out of your Nazareth. It may look like the worst thing that's ever happened. Where nothing good can come out of it. But God can do anything and do the impossibility. I may not know when or why or how you are in your Nazareth. But I decree and declare upon you under the anointing. Something good is going to come out of this. Because we serve a God that will use everything for his glory. How can you minister to a woman that has children in rebellion if you've had little saints that did nothing but do perfect all their lives? How can you lay hands on the sick if you have not encountered true sickness that should have been your death warrant? How can you minister to a hurting woman that's lived a childhood of abuse if you have never suffered? Is your Nazareth somebody you love dearly dying? River of life, you have lost the best senior pastor until now that you could ever have. You mark that down. God will bring something powerful out of it. You mark it down. People will be coming to this door because Pastor Dave decreed and declared the end time revivals that's going to happen. And river of life is going to be a part of it.
0: God will do
1: amazing things. I'll share something very personal. Recently, I was diagnosed with lymphedema in all four limbs. And I was like, how has this happened? I went to the place. This is no lie. My therapist, I think, was a witch. And I was like, Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I know this is an attack because of what I have done in those prisons. And I was in pain. And I had so much swelling going on. And I didn't know what was happening. And I said, God, what is going to come out of this? I want you to know that therapist adores me now. She's read my book. The entire office has my book. They are all reading things about jesus and god has used that for his glory and hallelujah i am doing fabulous no compression (laughs) i am telling you that god can use it can he not my sister he can use it how can god use breast cancer twice Had breast cancer twice. I stand before you whole and healed in the name of Jesus Christ. He can use it. I remember being in those cancer hospitals, praying for people that were sick, knowing that the enemy had attacked me. God will use your Nazareth for his glory. Does that mean you bow to it? No, I didn't bow to none of it. But I said, what do you want to do with this? Why am I in this? What glory can you get out of it? Look at your neighbor say, your Nazareth can be a blessing. Out of Nazareth came our Savior. When we look at Mary as she was just at home that day and Gabriel shows up. And these aren't no little naked Victorian angels. I've told you that many times. ain't no angel. That's a lie. You ain't hanging no angel on a Christmas tree. Angels are huge. When angels showed up, they could take one sword and wipe out 185,000 people with one swoosh. Angels are huge. That's why every time they showed up, the first thing they had to say is fear not. If you had a little naked baby Victorian angels fluttering in there, you'd be like, excuse me, what are you doing? But he showed up. The same Gabriel that showed up to Daniel and talked about the end time events. The same Gabriel that showed up to Zacharias and had to make him mute. The same Gabriel that stands in the presence of God Almighty showed up to Mary. And I think about what he said to her, fear not. Sometimes we allow fear to stop us. Done it. Fear. I didn't want to go in prisons. That was not even on my radar. I was scared to go in those prisons. (laughs) I didn't want to be locked up. I was locked up as a child, those of you that's read my book. I used to get locked up. So I didn't want to be locked up, especially with people I didn't know. Now... Lock me up because I love to go in there and minister the gospel. We're going to prisons all over America now. So fear. God tells you to do something. Immediately the enemy comes to stop you. And he stops you with fear. You can't do that, he'll say. You'll look crazy doing that. Or are you sure God's called you to do that? Number one sign, he's called you to do it. Because if he hadn't called you to do it, the enemy wouldn't have planted that in your mind. Fear. Fear. And so Gabriel dealt with fear immediately when he talked to Mary. He got rid of that fear in her. Allow him to get rid of the fear in you. The enemy say, stuff like your children, you can pray all you want, but your children aren't coming into the kingdom. Seems like the more I prayed for my children, the worse they got. Let me be real with you. And here I have my daughter, the executive director of our ministry, my son calling me and praying for me when it, they told me about the battle I just walked through. So don't be moved. The more the enemy wants to tell you to quit praying, uh uh-uh. uh. If he's hitting hard, that is a number one sign that your prayers are working and you are about to get your breakthrough. So don't have fear when it comes to your children. I love that. Three hundred and sixty-five times, and I verified this, that it says, "Fear not, or do not be afraid, or do not fear." God knows that we're gonna fear. God knows that's the enemy's number one hit against us is fear. So I remember clinging to Psalm thirty-four, four, that said, "God has delivered me of all my." And I said that years before that deliverance actually happened. God is calling you out of your comfort zones. You're probably thinking, oh, no. (laughs) Praise God. We did not get saved and healed and delivered to be comfortable he's gonna call you out of your comfort zones he's gonna have you do things that you never thought you would do as a woman of God because he is equipping the great army of women he is equipping us he is stirring up those gifts within us and he is making sure that we are the courageous warriors that he has called us to be and Romans 2 said he is not a respecter of persons you were born on this planet you are born with a call you are born with a need that this hurting world needs and you may have to step out of your comfort zone look at your neighbor say it's time to step out (laughs) it's time to step out I'm sure Pastor Ina as the new leader of this church I'm sure that's not real comfortable for her but his anointing is all over her for this moment she's one flesh with Pastor Dave She had the vision just like he had the vision. I'm sure she's not comfortable doing that. But yet she's doing it, and she's doing it with the strongest anointing I've ever felt on her life. God is going to use you in mighty ways as he takes you out of your comfort zone. Luke one thirty-eight. Mary's response needs to be our response where she said, let it be unto me according to your word. Let it be unto me according to your word. Sometimes that's, there's over um, 6,000 promises in the word of God. Sometimes those promises bring such joy. But sometimes those promises, stepping out at the level, can bring some pain can bring some tears, can bring some hurt. But when you do it, I promise you that you won't cry to the end of your days, that God will take every tear that you cry, according to Psalm 56, 8, and put it in his bottle. There is a great need for you a great need for you to step out, a great need for women to become radical and walk through their neighborhoods praying. You don't have to pray loud. Do you think that chaplain walked over York Correctional and prayed loud? No, I know what she did. She walked and she prayed quietly as she believed for those women to have a revival to hit. She walked for 10 years believing for a great move of God. And she said for the women in that prison to experience deliverance. See, this is what people need. They don't need another sweet little message. They need deliverance from the demonic that is operating over their lives and the generational curses that are coming in to steal them. You have been given authority of Luke 10, 19 that says distinctly, you can walk your neighborhood. You live in that neighborhood, you can walk. You live in this city, you can pray when you drive. You work in that surgical center, you can pray over your patients without opening your very mouth and change your area for the glory of God. When you ride by churches, pray for the pastors. Pray for revivals to break out. Let the churches come together and celebrate each other that a great move of God is happening. If everybody got saved in the capital city of Raleigh, there wouldn't be enough churches to put them in. Don't worry about what other churches are doing. Celebrate them and ask God for the fire to hit your church the way it's hitting other churches. Step out of your comfort zone. Decree and declare the word of God over your life. Get up every morning and decree his word. I'm a fanatic about it. If my husband comes into the room and I am saying my declarations, he comes in and he goes right back out because he knows I'm not stopping saying God's word before anything. The word of God causes angels to happen. Psalm 103 verse 20 says, when you say the word of God, angels heed to the word of God. Decree and declare. Believe. Make declarations over your family. Make declarations over your Boaz. That's late. Call them forth in the name of Jesus Christ. Make declarations over your marriage. Your husband's not saved. Well, the word says he's saved through you being with him. You don't need to be beating him up. You need to be loving on him. Can I get a witness here? That anointing on you, come over on him. All of a sudden, he'll say, well, I'm going to go to church, would you? I think I'll try that church out. When you get up off the floor, you take him to church. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but you have power within yourself. The final thought. Twice in this text, Gabriel told Mary what I think he's telling us all here today. You are favored of God you have God's favor you need to be expectant of God's favor everywhere you go expect his favor my children get so tickled at me they're like let mama go get the rooms let mama go get the flights let, cause mama's got that crazy favor and then they said recently cause I was pulled over for speeding and I did not deny I was speeding I'm not going to be lying. I don't want Jesus to get up out of the car with me. And I said, I am so sorry. And, and this was a couple years ago, and they were both driving with me, and I heard him whisper, she's going to get a ticket now. Let's see. My mom's going to get a ticket. And I said, I am so sorry. I was speeding, and I, I appreciate it. And he was like, You're, um, no, it was a woman. And she said, may I have your registration and your license? I said, yes, ma'am, again, I am so sorry. I was breaking the law. She came back. She said, you know what? I'm going to give you a warning. They're like, dang, she's done it again. I said, I didn't do it. I have favor by God. I have favor. Those of you that follow me on Facebook, you saw me sitting up in first class like I own Delta. They upgraded me to first class with Rebecca. Rebecca's holding up, and she's like, we can actually get glasses here. I said, girl, you better get used to it. God's taking care of it. You. you got his favor. She's like, man, I got his favor, Mom. I said, yes, you do. She said, I've never been tended to so much. I said, baby, we are, our daddy's a king. Then I gave one of the flight attendants a word. She was so grateful. He moved me out there to do that. I hope we got a lot of flight attendants needing a lot of word when I fly to Brazil. (laughs) But I'm telling you, you got favor. Your children have favor. Your husband has favor. Your grandchildren have favor. You need the specific doctor to remind God, I thank you, I have favor. I just landed on dying back there, and my daughter-in-law is a surgeon. So I'm telling you, you have favor. I preach that in the prison. Women getting up, they're standing in their seat. Woo, we got favor. Then I get letters. I got released early. God gave me favor. It really works. See, you got to believe and receive it. Look at your neighbor and say, believe and receive it, Mary. <laughs> Walk in His favor. I look back over my life and I'm amazed of God's mercy to deliver me out of a religious cult, to deliver me from being raped at age nine and thrown in a lake for dead, to deliver me from breast cancer twice to deliver me from the demonic that had my body. When they delivered me of all the demons, I literally stopped counting at 25. I went from suicidal, no hope, didn't want to live, to loving Jesus, standing here. I was um, 31. I'm going to be 60 soon. So how many years is that? I taught history. In England. How much? 29 years. I have never been depressed a day in my life. I've never battled that demon that about took me out. Yes, there was a cost. Lost my entire biological family. But yet God gave me the most glorious parents I could ever get on this earth and family. That's why when I say to you you're my family in Christ, it's true. When You serve Jesus. You've got a big family out here that you may not even know about. That you are not alone. If you're lonely, ask God, send me a family member. Send somebody to love on me. i got a whole big family out here. Join River of Life. Join other churches. Get with your family. Because God loves you. And he wants to use you. Every woman under the sound of my voice, you have breath in your body. God wants to use you. Your smile and the anointing of the great I am. She carried the great I am. She carried the king of the universe within her very womb. So do you. And I believe we are going to, we are entering the end time revivals and miracles are going to start hitting unbelievably out of nowhere And God is going to take care of these situations. I'll end with what just happened a couple of weeks ago. I've been asking God, I said, why do we have to go to foreign countries to see the blind see and the ears open and the miracles? I was preaching in Newton Grove at the end of the service. A man with his 20-some-year-old son came up and he said, would you please pray for my son? He is completely deaf and has been. All of his life he's been deaf. And he wants prayer tonight. Oh, it wasn't a healing service. And I remember I just put my hands on his ears and I said, God, thank you for healing him and touching him and blessing him. And I just, I'm like, Lord, I'm going to pray in faith. It's, it's it's you. If it's not there a point in time to go to be with you or I know it's not the will of God for people to be deaf if they want to hear. And so I got a call from the preacher. This was this week. I looked on my phone, and it was Pastor Freddie. And I thought, what is Pastor Freddie calling me for? And so I picked up. He's, he's very country. I love it. I mean, I'm southern, but he's deep country. He said, Jennifer, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, It happened. I said, praise God, what happened? (laughs) Because people were born again that night. I mean, it, it was amazing. He said, you know that young man you prayed for that was deaf? He had been documented deaf. He went to the doctor. He started hearing. He is completely healed. The doctors are blown away. Nobody can deny it. He's going around everywhere talking and telling people that Jesus healed him. He said, and it was a woman preacher that laid hands on me. I didn't have to use my name because it's not about my name. Celebrity Christianity's over. The only celebrity is Jesus Christ. And he is telling it everywhere. I remember that night. I, I we didn't see any evidence of it, but I went home and then Pastor Freddie's calling me. I start screaming, Praise God, praise God. And Dave said, What is it? What is it? I said, You remember the deaf young man? He said, I do. I said, He's completely healed, Dave. He just started weeping. He said, I remember that young man. Look at God. Look at God. He was so excited. Amen. Miracles happen. Look at your neighbor say, miracles happen. Amen. Be a word carrier. Finish your sentence. Be a word carrier. You've got the goods. You've got the great I am within you. I want to stir your faith up, mamas, to believe for those children. I want to stir your faith up, single women. To believe for your Boaz. Unless you called to sing unless you need to just get over it. Have a bubble bath, light your own candle. It's going to be all right. <laughs> but God hears you. Isaiah 59 one said, His ear is not deaf, nor is his arm too short to reach down. I want to speak a Christmas blessing over you. Just put your hands up. Father, in the name of Jesus, if there's any woman that doesn't know you, Lord... We ask that today be her day of salvation. Let her just come into the kingdom. In fact, this is what we're going to do, women of God. We're going to all say the sinner's prayer. Amen. Say, Father God, Father God, I come to you now, I to you now and, I and I surrender my life. I rededicate myself anew to you. I, anew to you. I receive your Holy Spirit. Use me, for your glory. Use me for your glory. I receive your forgiveness. I, receive your forgiveness. I, make you savior, I make you my Savior. And I make you my Lord. And I make you my Lord. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Amen. I felt so led to do that. If today you have made the Lord your Savior, I'm seeing women and men getting born again in church like crazy. If today is your day of salvation, just put your hand up. Is there anybody that came into the kingdom today? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we all saved now? We all word carriers? Now I'm going to get back to my prayer. Go on and put your hands up. (laughs) Father, in Jesus' name, Daddy, I bless these women. I asked you to heal sick bodies. I ask you to touch every woman under the sound of my voice. Do your miraculous works, God. I take Isaiah 53, 5, and I apply it to them. I remember applying that to that young man that night. And I just thank you, God, for blessing and healing your girls. I bind depression and anxiety. This time of year, those demonic forces love to come out and lie even to people in the church, I bind in Jesus' name and loose the power of the Holy Spirit. I speak in the name of Jesus, a stirring up of faith in every woman under the sound of my voice as never before. That they would see themselves as your beautiful daughters. They would see themselves operating in power and joy and peace, knowing just like you gave a miracle to Mary. You will give a miracle to them. I speak blessings over their family. I bind the enemy from stealing children of women and men of God. And loose the angels. Hebrews 1.14 says we can loose angels to go out and bring those children home in the name of Jesus Christ. All generational curses broken. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. You shall not keep messing with the people of God and the women of God. I speak wholeness, I speak health, I speak prosperity. I thank you, God, that we as women of God No, it's not about the presence. It is about your presence is the reason we have Christmas. And we celebrate you, Lord Jesus. We honor you that you didn't stay in that manger in Bethlehem, but you grew up. You walked this earth everywhere you went with signs and wonders, miracles, salvations. Everywhere you went, Lord. And you hung on that cross for us. You paid the price for us to walk in liberty and to walk in freedom in the mighty name of Jesus. I hook my faith up with every woman here today. That what they have need of, even what they want for their families, Lord. You are so clear in your word that you meet the wants. We love you, Lord. And we praise you. And whatever that alarm's going off for, we give it to you, God. You can surely handle it. In the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Stand and give him praise. Come on now, give him praise. Glory, glory, word carriers. Word carriers, word carriers.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, we have a small gift for you. Of course, Aww. you're going to speak tomorrow. I just encourage you to come. She's got the word in her mouth, doesn't she? Yeah. She's got the word in her life. Hallelujah. <laughs> so uh, all I could find was a birthday bag. So anyway, <laughs> congratulations. this <laughs> behind stage. All right, so here's a little prophetic to act for you. Because you are of royalty. So when you cover yourself up oh, with your the hotel With your little with your little doggy. Oh, you know you, you've you've got you've got the um, well anyway it's a child alert thing thing coming off. Is it a yeah, Amber just alert? help pull that out. Okay. Pull that out. Well father thank you. Yeah, we just father, thank you that those you things We're going to come in yeah, with you 4, Uh Mark four, twenty two and twenty three, those things that are hidden shall come into his glorious yeah. light. And we cancel out the attack and the yeah. schemes of the enemy. If it's a man or a woman and their child is missing, I thank you, Father, that they shall be found. Yes, God. And also that repentance and salvation should come to that family unit yes. in every way. Amen. 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 Now, before we leave, I want you to, especially the ones across the table, if you're scattered, you find a, a partner, and we're going to speak favor. You speak favor, and then in turn, you speak the favor over that person. Thank you again so much for coming. Thank you for that wonderful I word. You. I want to I wanna tell you, you need to uh, use this. The Lord spoke to me. Start using this when you go to the prisons. This was from a judge in New Orleans years ago, and the chaplain was there pleading.